Begin transmission. Transmission. The Frontline Gaming Network presents Art of War. Strategy and tactics. Discussions with the best players on the planet. The Frontline Gaming Network presenting Art of War with Nick Natavati and John Damaris. Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, another episode of Art of War. This time, I am your host, Nick Nanavati, and unfortunately, I won't be joined today by Mr. John Damaris. He um, is in the Philippines on some personal matters, um, and now he's stuck because the world is ending. So hopefully, we'll have John back home safe and sound soon. He's doing well in the Philippines. Don't need, no need to worry or anything, but... Uh, I'm going to try to find some new co-hosts to temporarily fill the gap. I know John's pretty irreplaceable. Um, also, I'm in charge of technology, and that's just horrible. So this can't stand. This can't last forever. But in the meantime, you got me, and I am joined today by my good friend and former teammate, Mr. Steve Pampreen. How's it going? Oh, it's going pretty well. Doing the best we can to survive the end of the world by playing Warhammer Online. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you've been working on some pretty cool orc lists after your psychic awakening, is that right? Uh, that's been that's been the intent. Uh, I've been trying a whole bunch of different stuff, and there's uh, there's a whole half of the codex that involves vehicles that uh, I haven't been able to really experiment with since the codex came out. So it's been fun to try those out. Awesome. Well, I'm gonna be really excited to talk to you about that stuff. But as a co as a host, I have to remember to acknowledge my sponsors. So. Um, you can check us out on the Frontline Gaming Network along with other awesome shows like Chapter Tactics, uh, Stat 40K Stat Center when that returns, when events are happening again, Signals of the Frontline, um, and the whole Frontline Gaming crew. So check them out. They put out some awesome work. Um, you can also check out our website, theartofwar40k.com, um, where you can get list building and coaching and all that jazz from yours truly, along with many of our other premium coaches. So check that as well. And uh, yeah, so I think that's all I had to do. I probably screwed that up and John's going to yell at me later, but um, I'll do the part that I'm good at. So let's just work through one of your lists, Steve. So um, we played a game the other day on Tabletop Simulator, actually, where you beat my butt. Um, why don't we talk about that list? So, sure. uh, so what's in it? Yeah, um, I'll, I'm, I'm just going to read it off from my battle scribe just so I don't miss anything because i've like done this where just like yeah and just told the list and then missed like a very obvious element every time so uh i have three detachments a freebooter detachment um a death skull detachment and a blood axe detachment and they're all pure detachments um in the in the Free Buddha, I have a big mech, which I do want to point out, if you try to put this list together on your own battle scribe, you might be a little confused because the big mech currently uh, is 55 points because we got a free custom force field from Psychic Awakening. I don't know how that's going to land after uh, they give us an FAQ in like July or something, uh, <laughs> but just just keep an eye out for that. I have Bad Ruck with an ammo run, a Weird Boy. I have 30 Gretchen, squ uh, 30 Gretchen Mob, and then two squads of 10 to fill out uh, the troops of the battalion. I have a unit of flash kits, a unit of six mech guns, a unit of four mech guns, a Burnabama, and a Daka jet. And that's all free Buddha. And then the Death Skulls is uh, the Vigilist Dreadwog detachment with a big mech with shock attack gun, a weird boy, and 3 by 10 Gretchen, plus a Burnabama. And then in the Blood Axe detachment, I have the War Boss on a bike, the uh, Blood Axe Weird Boy, and three by ten grots, as well as a gun wagon with uh, usually with the boom gun upgrade. And that's right. a list. That is a list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have so many questions. Um, why are you using all these detachments like blood axes and freebooters that no one takes? Why are there no orc boy units? What what is going on? Let's start there. Why are there no orc boys? So, I don't like playing with the orc boys because orc boys kind of suck at close combat and it I mean, makes me like sad but four attacks each that's so not bad. it's not bad but it's not if they go up against anything that's like a dedicated melee unit or even like in the world of space marines like mildly sort of tough unit like I mean, if you have even even if you're doing, I think I did it out, and someone will correct me and 
push their glasses up their nose as they do so. But it's like 30 boys, you know, only kill like a few intercessors. And it gets even worse if you're fighting against something that's in Gravis armor that's T5. Um, I and, do remember a game I played a while back. Uh, this was my Iron Hands, and I had feeling pain because Iron Hands are stupid. Yeah. And some guy, the guy's playing, charged 30 orc boys with Warpath into like a pile of intercessors and killed like three. Yeah. Like that's it's like normal. Like that's the expected thing. So you only you only have to do that as an orc player like two or three times before you just like, all right, well, f- that. So that's kind of what I am I allowed to swear on this? I probably shouldn't. Try, try not to, but okay. it happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, that's why I did it. Orcs, uh, we have a ton of really good shooting and the best screen in the game, which is Grotz that can to jump. So why try to go with what is sort of a mediocre melee unit? It's still a troop, which is still nice. And it still gets plus one to cast if you've got 10 of them. So I've definitely played around with having like a unit of 10 boys that can just like, you know, beat up on like witches or something that get into your lines, which is in my army right now is like kind of obnoxious. Um, (laughs) problem. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's, it can be kind of an issue. Um, but generally just having screens that can to jump is, and then shoot whatever was trying to hit you is going to be stronger than counter assault, um, from the work codex. That's really interesting. And pretty, as backwards uh, as a mentality most players when i think of orcs think combat why you know run across the table punch him in the face evil sons doing jump charges um which i have charging. done before to you in particular you have. and I it was this. amazing but I, e- I even said why are you doing this the good players don't do that <laughs> <laughs> as i rolled an eight just stupid charge turn one so i don't know i i've won a number of games um doing exactly the like doing what my army is designed to do which is just set up screens and shoot and my opponent had a mediocre shooting like mediocre melee like kind of like a mixed like a balanced arms list which nothing wrong with that but they were like oh you're an orc player i'm going to outshoot you so they went first and they sat in their zone they killed some grots and then i went and i killed a third of their army and then they went what (laughs) and then the next turn they kind of were like oh i need to start moving forward and then i killed a third of their army again and then tabled them turn three and they were just like how did that happen and that just that's just how the army tends to tends to flow when you're playing with a gunline army with good screens so all right so your approach works basically as a shooting army which is why you're you're not saving boys or anything like that yeah um I guess that makes sense. So what, what makes your orcs so shooty? I see things like the sag mech that everyone takes. You have some smasher guns. Flash kits are okay, I guess. But I mean, you're not taking Ludas. You're not taking tank busters. You're not running 18 smashes. What is yeah. so good about this? As a gun so I have, I have 10 smasher guns, which if you play with smasher guns a ton, you start realizing that like, at least for me, I definitely had an upper limit around 12. That seems to be like my happy number. If I could fit two more, I definitely would. But after that, I... Time, I I don't find a ton of use because if you're going to win with 12, like if 12 is going to win you the game or if 12 wasn't going to win you the game, six more are likely not to do the, the trick. Kind of like a diminishing returns type of thing. Right. And like, all right, maybe you're playing against like three Lord of Skulls and like then like 18 could just get in a just a gunfight with three Lord of Skulls for six turns. But like, that's not the army that you want to play, in my opinion. Like, I'd rather play with tools. And once you hit 10, 12 smasher guns you, you've got the tool you've, you, you've got that figured out you'll you know the matches where 12 smasher guns just hitting 12 times with ap4 strength seven and a half for those of you who don't know how <laughs> smasher guns work that's basically what their strength is uh you know you're gonna you're gonna still kill all of the things on the table that are that profile is good against and if that profile isn't good against it having six more you don't want to double down on I'm going to channel my inner John here and ask you to explain how smash guns work now. <laughs> okay, so it's D3 shot. So it's 33. Now it just changed, so forgive me. I think it's 33 points. Um, it's still it's yeah, it's, 33. it's yeah. incredibly cheap for six wounds T5, and you can get of an invul pretty easily now with the with the KFF, and it's in combat. <laughs> um, and you basically uh, you roll D3 shots. They hit on fours. Sixes explode. They still have the DACA DACA rule, so they're always hitting on sixes. Um, I run them as free Buddhas. You could do them as the Grot clan now and get them reroll ones, but I prefer to set off the free Buddha trait. Um, and you, uh, hitting on fours, you wound 2d6 and compare to your opponent's toughness. Um, so if you match or beat it, 
then you wound. So if you, you know, it can be a, a, it's, it ends up being a super, super reliable to wound against like heavy infantry that are like T4, T5. So it can be really satisfying to just, you know, hit a Centurion unit five times and just wound them five times. Uh, and there's no way transhuman doesn't help against and transhuman that. does not help against it which is also really funny um yeah, I, I can see that pissing off a lot of sun players yes uh jared friedman uh hilariously won a game with that when, i think who's he he was playing against uh, one of the battle brother guys i think it was austin who just set up like 18 centurions on the line just let jared go first for some reason and then tried to transhuman and jared just shot him with 18 smash guns and, <laughs> and he just only rolled fours to damage so yeah i mean they, they can do a lot of work like if you if you let them but you know they only move three inches they do a 48 inch range so they're going to hit you generally um but they still have all the weaknesses of you know a unit that essentially can't move um yeah so there's a lot of times that it is pretty funny. Well, I'll, I'll start them out and they obviously can't and the opponent's hiding. So I'm just like advancing them. So they're like moving three and then advancing like six. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's a, it can be very strange uh, trying to get them into position for like that turn three, turn four, when it's just like characters and smash guns fighting. Um, yeah. I've been on the receiving end of that fight. The characters <laughs> don't win. <laughs> yeah. <it's- laughs> Um, okay, so that makes sense why you're not going to 18 smashes. You have your classic Death Skull sag mech. Yeah, uh, that's like bread and butter for Yeah. Yeah. Why have you gone for flash kits over something more mainstay like Luda's? Um, this only has 18 CP, and, fla- and flash kits have the chance to double shoot without CP on a six, for those of you who don't know. If you just roll a six after shooting them, they just fire again. Uh, yeah, you just have a roll, you roll die. I hope it's a six. Yeah. But uh, that's like not reliable at all. I mean, I, it's not, but it's enough to like, it wins games. Like, there's games yeah, that I've had. It just happens. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, you, and they can keep doing it. So I've had them shoot three times and just kill a knight and then Voldus right behind them. Uh, I guess this goes kind of like to the idea of, of your army. It's very orky, you know? Yeah. Nothing you have is reliable, but. Everything you have could just go work. nuts. You know, <laughs> yeah, the flash exactly. could just double shoot. The sagma could just go crazy. Yeah, I, I guess smashing guns control a lot of shots. Yeah, know. no, smashing guns definitely. I the amount of times that I've had like the first smash gun like kill a knight, like four hits, four wounds, and then do like nineteen wounds or something, and the person's like, oh, and then I just miss with the rest of the battery. <laughs> like just nine misses and then they're and they're like oh that's just unfair and i'm like i mean i did the average like that's what it should yeah, happen just the way that it happened was bananas like i'm with you that was crazy <laughs> but you kind of have to like that's been the biggest part of like playing an army like this is you just have to like pray to dice gods. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's gonna work out in the end you can't let any individual like i've i've had and we you know we had this in our game right where it's You'll have a thing shoot, and like this, and the sag mech will like roll two shots, and then like hit four times, and you're like, "All right, that was the thing." And then you'll have it roll twelve shots and just miss. Like, well, you, that's exactly what happened. Like, you had a sag mech roll three shots or something, and yeah. it did five wounds to swarmlord. It was like strength four, also. <laughs> yeah. and, oh, and you're just swarmlord didn't feel like surviving that. <laughs> yeah, and that stuff happens, and like, so there there are games I've had. I think actually, if you look it up, I think it was last year when I was up in Canada. Um, I had an illegal list, so I couldn't finish the tournament. But at that game, um, my turn one, a very similar army to the one I played against you, Nick. Um, I did a single wound to a, uh, a company commander. And that was my turn one. That was it. Yeah, that's pretty. So I guess, you know, not <laughs> yeah. to go off too much on a tangent, I do want to cover your choices yeah, yeah. and stuff. Sorry, but, sorry. Um, no, it's okay. I, I want to finish this discussion. You're you're one of the best players out there, at least with the works and all that. Try to be. Better players typically often go for consistency in the list choices, you know, not embracing volatile units and stuff. <laughs> yeah. You've gone the exact opposite way. And then there are games where you just do one wound to a chapter master with your whole army. Yeah. Are you just now going to lose that game because dice happened, or like, do is there more to it than that? So, I've found that because of the grots, I've like that game where I did that. I eventually won because I had a unit of grots that got the middle of the board and held bonus for like six turns. 
And they just grabbed, I think, literally that company commander that refused to die and just were like, you're mine for six turns. So I have a ton of movement reliability between, you know, reliable to jump and just lots of grots. Um, this army that I, that I have, I only have 110. And that actually is honestly the most concerning part of it is I feel like you really only start hitting that ability to win matches um, like entirely on movement at like 140. So like, I really wish I could find a way for another to fit another like 25 grots or 30 grots in. Um, but yeah, so basically to your point, the the shooting is is very volatile, but the movement is super consistent and and wins games, especially with the changes to the ITC. Which I don't that, know that makes perfect sense to me. You always hear me talking about it in my Art of War clinics and in this podcast, and every good player ever will tell you movement is how forty k is won and lost. So it's okay that your shooting is inconsistent and could just spike up on games, but when not, when it doesn't happen, you have a lot of consistency in that movement phase. And that goes to your point. You'd like a few extra costs, and that makes perfect sense. Yeah, uh, that's. Um, it, it it is really kind of it because of the 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 you know if you're looking at trying to win like a major, um, this army has a really good job of consistency over a long time because I know there's going to be one or two games where my sag mech just like goes nuts and just wins and the rest of my army basically stands there and just like cheers like well the sag mech just tables them. There's going to be one or two games where you know they don't they can't handle all the grots and the grots just walk up and then they just hold all the objectives and the rest of my army just stands there and watches. Um, those those games are, are a lot harder like to play, so I try not to have to rely on those because I know that I can just deploy my army, do that. It's relaxing. The guns shoot everything off the table and it's it doesn't like wear me out like a grot game was and that's what the difference between this and like say an orc list an orc list is reliable like that like all the orc boys and stuff but it's very mentally exhausting and it can be a super reliable way to go five and one but you're just like oh just beat you know i was coaching a client earlier this year and again not to go on tennis but i was helping with orcs and he was like do, should i play like five thousand garage should i play teen smashers should i play a horde of orcs what do i do and i was like well, what do you want to do at lvl he's getting ready for lvl he's like i just really want to go five and one get my give a shot for best orc player that kind of thing i'm like if you want to go five and one the best way you can do it is by running like 200 orcs like that's a super consistent so you're going to learn percent base yeah. first into 18 centurions and get annihilated and then win five games exactly yes uh, if it wasn't this LVO where uh, one in three armies had 18 centurions, uh, I would probably <laughs> agree with you more. Uh, but there's, there's definitely, and you know, the the volatility like that, like you're saying, it's it, it is there. But the the consistency of the army is actually like fairly consistent. Like I know that I know the, the flash kits are going to double shoot like once a game. You know, yeah, once per game it does happen. You just don't know when. Yeah, you don't know when. Okay, the Sagmec's going to go nuts probably once or twice a game and just delete something. Uh, you know, I, I have a lot of things in the army that even even you know Badruck, like he can just go nuts and just be like, yeah, take four AP three flat three damage wounds and kill a tank. And you're like, huh, cool, good job, Badruck. Like, <laughs> you know, and the opponent's like, what even shot? There was just a pile of orcs. Like, <laughs> that's how I feel when Badruck shoots me. I'm like, what am I being shot with? Yeah, <laughs> and then and then I'm just like, uh, take three six ups or you die. And the opponent's like, that was what even? Uh, you didn't even tell me about that guy at the beginning. And it's like, well, you weren't in range until turn three. <laughs> like, there's there's a lot of things like that in in, in the orc codex and in this list in particular. So you're kind of leveraging the fact that you're you're taking all the soup stupid cheap guns that you have access to the, the sagmac the smashes all that stuff and you're taking grots and you're just like your army has more stuff in it than a 2000 point list really should just none of it individually is that great but because you have so many different things it's like okay there's just a lot to deal with and it I, adds up I think that there is a lot of stuff that is individually great in it um especially the grot things cuz there's zero uh uh, what's what's the word? Things work together. Um, the the grots can't really synergy. yeah. There there's there isn't synergy with grot units. They're just good like by them. So you can't use strats on them. There, there's the only synergy yeah. I have is the fact that my flash gets can get a plus one to hit if the smasher guns do their job uh, and kill something. Yeah. Like that's that's about the only synergy. The the grots are all just super reliable, do their job, and then all the orc stuff is just wild spiky. Yeah, that makes sense. Which, well, it's definitely a different approach of playing 40k, but it seems to be working for you. So let me get back to the choices you made. Your list, <laughs> sure. Um, you were saying 
Flash gets over Ludus because you only have 18 CP. And then we got on this whole tangent about how they're unreliable with the shooting twice. Yeah. But still, they only have 24 in trains. They're only strength six. They had better AP. Yeah. And they have better defensive stats with that second wound. But they're pricier and there's only 10 of them. So they're actually what is the now. choice here? Oh, they're cheaper now? Yeah. Uh, with a new drop, a unit of them is 248, and a full unit of 15 Ludas is like 260. So oh, well, it's right. pretty comparable. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're con- they used to be more expensive. I started them right. playing with them more as a way to just meme and be like, I'm waiting <laughs> for flash kits. Um, but <laughs> uh, and I will say there, there's uh, I would certainly not discount also including instead of basically if you swap out some of the planes and and the and the battle wagon for um, a unit of bad moon like Luda's or, or bad moon uh, tank busters. Um, I certainly would not discount that, uh, but I think that that um, and and that's what I used to play. Um, I took tank busters, and basically uh, it was during the summer of well, it was you know it was last summer, and everyone had vehicles in their army, so I always had tank busters. They always get reroll the hits then against the target. They drop down, they delete three or four hundred points of vehicles, and then they'd immediately die. And I was like, cool. Um, right now with the meta, I can't reliably pick Ludas or tank busters because people aren't going to reliably have tanks or reliably have things that Ludas are good against. So that's kind of when you talk about the choice between it, and I know I'm not exactly answering your question, but I think it's important to talk about, is the fact that sure. I can't pick either of those units right now because I, the the meta isn't as reliable. I mean, sure, I could just you know ask what someone's playing and then just take one or the other, but that's... You know, not yeah, you know, assuming you're not going to tailor your list going to return. <laughs> right. Like that. If yeah. I, if I could tailor, then hell yeah, I would probably drop some stuff and take one of those. Um, but because because you can't tailor, and because the orc codex basically says put grots in front of one squishy but dangerous unit, flash kits are the most middle of the road um, unit. They've got good AP, good strength, good damage. Uh, they they do only have 24 inch range, um, but now we have a strat for 36 inch. So if you really need to shoot something, and well, go ahead, go nuts. Now you don't have Ludas to try to fight the fight the CP for. Uh, well, I'm thinking more like part of your justification for running flash kits over Ludas is they're less CP intensive. And if you're adding that 12 inch range, now it's the same exact cost as a Luda unit that shoots twice. Um, well, CP wise, it's not exactly because. So if I have if I have Ludas or if I have well if so if you have Ludas the issue is that if you have them and flash kits you have to either buy a ride for one of them you have to buy like a you know a battle wagon for one of them now the benefit of flash kits is they can fit in a gun wagon which now has like a good uh, good rule set uh, a unit of Ludas though you have to de- jump them somewhere generally because I can only protect either the flash kits or either the Ludas right. Uh, if I have, if I'm, if, so that means one of them has to deploy out of line of sight, and that means they have to walk through the wall or to jump somewhere. So that means I need to spend two CP to, um, uh, excuse me, to two CP to make them hit on fives and sixes, and then I need to spend two CP to double fire them. I need to spend a CP on them pregame so that they get shoot the two D three, and I also need to spend a CP to grot shield them, and I don't actually always have to do that for the flash kits. Um, there's been in several games where a smasher gun blew up near the flash kits. They were in cover, and I spent one CP to give them plus one save. And then my opponent only had things that were AP zero and didn't ignore cover. And so I was like, "All right, well, you can shoot at the flash kits. I have a two up save. I'm good." Uh, but yeah, that's. I think the fact that the flash kits are like autonomously tough against like small arms fire is really useful yeah it, it ends up saving a lot of cp over the course of the game like when the ludas once you run out of cp or grots they just die like like a single i don't know pretty much any marine unit like it's like oh the the uh you know one of those little like fast attack hover things like got around a corner and shot two heavy bolters and you're like cool i just lost six flat you know like that was now i'm not now it's not worth spending cp on them um, I love your description of a land speeder. Fast attack covers thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing is flash kits are good in combat, um, which is, yeah, they're still mobs, right? They're not. They're not great, but those stupid little like gene stealer unit, like in our game, that gets in there, they'll just run up and beat it up. They don't care. Yeah. When you started walking flash kits at me, 
I was very confused, but I was like, oh yeah, I can't stop this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely like charging. I mean, when I played against uh, Chris Haynes, that was probably one of my favorite flash kit games because my flash kit unit by itself without double shooting killed 90 orcs. Oh man. Uh, just throughout the course of the game. So there's there's a lot more utility to it than the Ludas, which and they also they just look so cool. Like, come on. <laughs> so so let's go let's get into some flash kit math really quick. because um, sure. I think a lot of people aren't really aware of how good they are at shooting. Uh, no, they're, they're not. Their their shooting comes from a lot of subtlety. It doesn't that mean it looks so unimpressive on paper. So this this is the the one thing that you, that people don't understand always surprises them. If you have thirty fl- or ten flash kits, they shoot thirty shots. Um. If they have all of their buffs, which is they stood still, plus one to hit from free Buddha because a smash a gun killed something, which happens like a lot, um, unless Nick rolls ten out of eighteen, feel no pains, and then, <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then they have bad Ruck standing next to them, and both their ammo runs are alive, so they'll shoot thirty shots, strength six, AP two, two damage, and they should hit thirty times. So, all right. Like, I know your orcs, but you're hitting on fours to start. Yep. You're hitting on fives to start. Fours right? to start. Flash gets hit on fours. Four. Okay. Flash gets hit on fours. Yep. Then you're presumably free, but this is working. So you're hitting on threes. Yep. Captain Badruck gives them reroll ones. Okay. So threes reroll ones. Yep. Um, and then you have sixes explode. Sixes explode. And then you have two ammo runs. So if you if you think about 30 shots and just divide it, right, you'll get five ones, five twos, and et cetera, right? Yeah. So you're going to have 30 shots. Uh, 20 of them are going to hit. And then five of them are going to be ones. So you'll reroll those. This is just easy ways to do to do math for, for orc math, yeah, yeah. you guys. So what you do is you, you say, all right, 30 plus five reroll ones. So 35 shots. And then five of them are going to be sixes. So 40 shots. And then two of them are going to be... Uh, ammo runs so those are going to explode and they'll also could do sixes so just call it three so you end up with 43 total shots all right 43 total shots is 29 and then those hit on threes so it's 29 and three quarters is the number of hits because you did 43 times two-thirds yeah so basically every time you roll a one it's another shot or right another just think about shot. another as another shot and then every time you roll six, it's also another shot. So your thirty shots aren't getting thirty hit. Well, your thirty shots are getting thirty hits, but really it's because you're firing, as you put it, forty three shots. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But like, That's if you pull out thirty yeah. dice to your opponent, you're like, I'm gonna shoot thirty times, and then and and it's also it's also uh, it's not entirely the, as fair as saying like hitting on rollable twos because. That's the median. Half the time you're hitting more. <laughs> so like <laughs> there's pretty often that you'll literally shoot 30 shots and be like, all right, uh, 33 hits. Cool. And then go yeah. to wound. Your opponent's like, what just happened? Like, how did I lose a 30 man squad to 30 shots of, you know, of guards? Yeah. Like, and it's like, yeah, well. So how often is it that you get to pull it off without moving? This is more just because I'm curious. Is it like 24 trains, sometimes 36? Uh, I would say it happens... It depends on the matchup. It generally only happens once or twice, um, but that's usually all you need to do it. Like it's it's usually when you're if you're doing it to make it happen, um, it's so devastating that it, it you just win from there. Like then they're moving because they're trying to like finish things off and get points. Um, but yeah. you know that. So like it only happens once. But when it happens, it, it happens. Right. I mean, do you more DACA if you move? Uh, generally no, because I'm still hitting on. I I generally don't use more DACA. Um, unless I'm like literally shooting like moving flash kits at a negative one to hit target. So then I'm like, okay, fine. Um. Oh, I also forgot to mention their captain gets plus one to hit. So that's part of also why it, it's thirty hits. Forgot to mention. That. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he hits on two. He's hitting right? on a rerollable two up with sixes exploding. Yeah. So he usually hits four times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's that's his like that's his median uh is four. So it's pretty nice. Nice three shot gun you got there. Yeah, exactly. Um so yeah, you and it can be um and then again the whole thing could shoot again. And I'll re-roll that sometimes. I've rerolled the, the oh you spent CP to try and just roll that six. Yeah, like I mean, especially, obviously not if they're, funny enough. I, mean, I, have, I guess if you have a bunch of CP and it's a position where if it just shoots again, you're going to win the game. Right. Why not? Yeah. And that's what's happened before. Like, 
like, like I said, that I've had it where the army has just every single part of it that's like high volatility has failed, and then the flash kits have just shot three times and won. And it's like, huh, good job, guys. That was close. Yeah. You know. Um, wow. All right. So, I mean, that explains the flash kits and bad wreck and all that. I assume the gun wagon is in there to transport the flash kits. What does he do? So, I've never. Prior to that game, I didn't know a gun wagon existed. <laughs> so the gun wagon got an upgrade similar to how you'd never heard of a shock attack gun mech until all of a sudden we got a relic that let it shoot twice instead of once. Um, we basically got a relic on the gun wagon. That, yeah, the gun wagon that lets it shoot twice, basically. Um, so instead of 2d6 shots, well, it's funny because originally it's actually a 1d6 shotgun that has the uh, the same rule that like Lehman Rust tank has um, that lets it shoot twice. Is this a the codex? Just that's what I'm saying in my in my initial uh, review. I was like, there's a whole half of the codex that's vehicles that no one even knows about. Like, I'm not even talking about buggies. I'm just talking about like vehicles. Um, so it's a it's a one d six shotgun that if you move less than half of your distance, you can shoot twice. Now there's a relic that lets it shoot two d six, and if you move less than half, you can shoot that twice. Now I know the the rules layers will say, but Steven, the the it's technically changing uh, the name of the gun and the periscope says that you can shoot twice only the name of the gun, not the name of the new relic. And to that, I say, go read an FAQ every time this has happened. We've gotten the benefit of it. So that's what I'm playing it as. So that's it's the same thing as the uh, as. Uh, no, I mean, I, I would play it the exact same. Yeah, way. The, the I, Lehman uh, Rust gun had the exact same question that initially came out and they FAQ'd it. And I believe that there's a Tau signature system or something that has the exact same. With yeah. So I, um, I'm 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 really not. No, that's that's a totally safe <laughs> Yeah. Um, the, the 55 point custom force field guy. Maybe not such a safe assumption. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is why I I I asterisk that one. Like I'm like ah fair enough that could change. Uh, the battle wagon though I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty sure on. Yeah. Um. How about uh? So talking about I'm gonna I'm gonna ask myself a question here. Uh, Steven, why do you have these different uh weird boys in the different clans? So I'm just gonna talk through their powers real quick and why that's useful. Um. So the the freebooter one is really funny. Um. Because it has a great name. Your uh your weird boys essentially singing sea shanties at an enemy unit, and the unit joins in and gets distracted, and that is the orkiest thing ever, and I love it. Um, so in it's half movement minus one advance minus one charge uh so i did this this is great in the i play a lot of the the lvo terrain um online because it's one of the better uh maps for hitboxes and stuff on there um that i've at least experienced uh so this is phenomenal because they're usually 18 inches apart or 24 and so your weird boy can leave the bunker put grots in front of it and then just jolly or glare centurions behind a wall and then just stand there and sing sea shanties with them for the rest of the game and it's just amazing so i think i missed the actual effect of the power when you were talking about sea shanties <laughs> so it's minus it's uh half movement minus one advance minus one charge oh that's pretty good yeah Especially like you said, like a unit of sense that has half movement can't clear a wall. Exactly. Yeah, and you just stand there and just sing sea shanties with them for the rest of the game, and you're good to go. It doesn't need line of sight. Does not need line of sight. Really good. Yeah, it's 18 inch range though, so it's it's of limited use um, in most cases because anything that's scary enough to be close combat uh, generally is fast enough. Um, you're basically casting thunderfire cannons at them or tremor shells, rather. Exactly. You're okay, you're, yeah. you're you're casting uh, how tremor shells should have been written. Um, does it work on fly units? Uh, I believe it does. That's really good. Um, the problem is if you're 18 inches away, even at half movement, minus one advance, minus one charge, most decent assault units can still go kill your weird boy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, but you could theoretically move that weird boy up, cast your power, and then jump him out. You could. It's uh, it's dangerous because uh, there's points of failure, there, especially because you don't you don't have your bonuses to cast much in this list. So. I really don't. Yeah. So I'm and but this one, uh, the Jolly or Clear casts on a pretty low value, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, and the to jump, you know, I'm getting plus one because my flash gets. Uh, it, it is uh, it is kind of. Um, it 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 isn't it isn't great, and there has been some games where I missed a recon point or two um, because I, I 
failed to decat, you know, I failed to cast it. And, uh, you know, I would have if I had plus three. Um, but again, it's, it seems like a lot to pay, you know, 140 points for 20 more orc boys to get plus two to cast. Um, so. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, so what is the, is that the only reason you have a red uh, blood axe Italian? Or a- uh, so that was the free Buddha one. The Desco one really? is also really good because it's again, 18 inches again, doesn't need line of sight and it's minus one to hit. And it's also all Deskull units. So I only have Grotz and a Weird Boy and a Sagmag. Into that unit are plus one AP. So I don't really use that part of the power. But having minus one to hit, like in the Tyranid matchup, being able to run up and cast minus one to hit on Hive Guard standing behind a wall is fairly devastating to their output. Because sixes yeah. aren't exploding and they're only hitting on four. So instead of hitting, you know, what is it, like eight out of nine times, they're hitting like four out of eight like or four out of nine or five out of nine. So it's, it can do a really big difference um, to the output. Uh, so that can be pretty cool as well as um, doing it to like a melee unit that comes at you. Um, just making the minus one to hit means that they're going to do a lot less damage to you in their turn. Right. Uh, and then the last one that's super fun is the blood X one, which is clever talk, which I'm pretty sure means the orc talks in a uh, high English accent at the unit and it confuses them so much that they stand there. Uh, that makes sense. The, the yeah. new orc power, the, it's, they're, they're awesome. I love them. Um, <laughs> so that one, you pick a unit just in line of sight, which is hilarious. Um, there's no range. There's no yeah, range. The yeah. One. The first time I did this, I was like, I went to cast on a unit like in front of me. It was like, you know, it was like 19 inches away. I was like, ah, oh, maybe it's 18 inch range. Let me check it. And I was like, it's just no range. And I was playing against Nick Rose, and he just quit after that first. <laughs> um, so yeah, you uh, they can't interrupt until all um, blood axe units on the table have swung. So you technically could cast it on a unit charge blood axe grots on a completely unrelated scout squad across the table charge the rest of your army into this unit and then be like oh no the grots haven't gone yet you can't go that is absolutely hilarious <laughs> it basically just means your opponent can't it's fight last and you can't interrupt basically right yeah it's it's pretty amazing um i've also had it where a, a weird boy the the blood axe weird boy himself got surrounded by a unit of uh priests uh the admec priests and he cast it on himself, uh, on the unit. And because he was Blood Axe, then my opponent couldn't even go like after all. He couldn't even go after all of my units already in combat had swung. <laughs> so like, because oh. if at least I had charged a unit, right? Then at least my Blood Axe unit that charged would have to go, and then he could go. But instead, he was already wrapped with all these other units. And so I went literally last with the Weird Boy. I got to swing everything into them and until it was just two priests left. I could see that being so frustrating for an opponent. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really strong. Um, and the no Overwatch is uh, is also just good because uh, orcs can kind of suck at that. Um, it's no Overwatch only for Blood Axe units, right? Uh, it is only Blood yeah. Axe units. Um, so but, is that something you really get to make use of at all with your list? Or? Uh, well, in my list, I have a uh, war boss on bike who's Blood Axe. So he will. Uh, so he's like driving forward, like yoloing, and then the weird boy is forty inches away, like, "Hey, you tank, no Overwatch." And then, I've definitely, I've definitely used of that. And also, again, for you guys that uh, don't know the Codex inside and out, Blood Axe's trait is fallback, and they can either charge or shoot. And they're in cover if they're outside 18 inches. Um, so I actually have my gun wagon as blood axe. Um, so that's kind of funny having a vehicle I can fall back and shoot. Um, so it can't get just bad touched. It'll just be like, okay, whatever, and then shoot you. Um, and then it's also nice having a war boss who's incredibly scary with the new uh, biggest boss strat um, on Warbike. So he's got eight wounds t6 four up invul with five attacks and a rerollable wound flat three damage power claw uh that dude driving around you is now can fall back and charge uh so that's kind of fun yeah that's really good so the last thing i want to get into about your list choices is the planes but before we do that we need to have a word from our wonderful commercial sponsors this episode is brought to you by hp instant inc 
No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges, so you never have to think about ink. Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash Spotify. And now that that's done, let's uh, let's get into those planes. So the Burnabom is one of my favorite against the North Codex now. They got such an amazing strat. You're running three of them. Yeah, so um, you want to walk us through that? Sure. So um, I'm, I think I'm actually, it's funny enough, after our game uh, and the list I read off, um, I've gone down to two and a Dakajet. And I'll explain... Um, why? So the Burnabama, just to explain what it does, um, it's a plane. It's got six shots that hit on fours, six shots that hit on fives. Uh, they're all strength five and six and have mediocre or none to AP1. Um, it also, when it flies over a unit, if the unit's infantry, um, it does. Uh, it can go up to 10 dice. On a four-up, it does mortals. If it's not infantry, uh, on a, it does it on fives. Uh, That's if it flies over you. If it flies over you. And again, GW hasn't ever defined what that means, uh, which is kind of frustrating. Um, so I've generally just been doing if the base... Self-explanatory? Oh, you're saying if it's the base or the if wings If it's the or base something. or the wings, or if you land, like, say there's a unit in a building and you land on top of the building, have you passed over them? So my thing has been saying if, the, if, if any part of the base has it ends over or passes over whatever uh, a unit but it does it by the base um so w- the and the reason i'm specifying that is because it, it actually um is like fairly easy to prevent this from really hurting you if you have a bunch of models um just something for you guys trying to figure out how to deal with this because the next strat that it does uh that's really amazing is it can bomb a second unit um, only on fives, though, um, so don't go nuts with that. Even if it's infantry, it's only fives. It specifies that it's unmodified in the strat. Um, so it means basically one unit flying over can do two. And then at the end of the phase, you can blow it up. Uh, so it does an automatic explosion. And the burn Obama is six inches, flat three wounds. And it is... So this is kind of like those strats that say when a tank dies, it automatically explodes. I think Admech have that. Alpha yep. Legion have that. Uh, um, but this is, you do it to yourself. It's not yeah, just... You don't need to wait until your opponent does it. So your opponent does not have time for everyone to walk away uh, six inches and then shoot the tank in the shooting phase. It just happens. And uh, it it can be absolutely devastating. So flat three mortals to everything in six inches. I don't think I need to explain to everybody just how absolutely amazing this is. You get an army all clumped together, a bunch of characters, yeah. especially against elite armies that don't have screens everywhere. Um, this thing is going to fly up and your whole army is like, every unit in your army is going to take three mortal wounds. That's yeah. disgusting. Uh, against, uh, I played against John Lennon uh, on Tabletop Simulator and he was playing Sisters. And um, orcs actually uh, can't hurt sisters. Uh, that's something I learned in that game, except with Burnabamas. Uh, so he was running like nine units of sisters, and he had almost 60, I think, because a few of them were, were large. And my three Burnabamas were responsible for killing like 50 of them. And the rest of my army killed 10. <laughs> you know, the other day when we were loading a tabletop simulator, I had a few armies that I've made in there. One's Oryx, one's Tyranid, or not one Oryx, one's Tyranid, one's Sisters, etc. And I literally didn't load Sisters because I didn't want to see what Burner Bombers would do to them. Yeah, it it's devastating because they're phenomenal against Oryx. I don't actually know how I deal with that matchup. Uh, like, if they just, like, go first with three of uh, those tank things that shoot, whatever, the organ tanks. If they just, like, kill my three Burnabamas, I'm like, this is really bad. Um, <laughs> so, so Burnabamas are, they're a unit that I thought you would see a lot of players running one-up because it's a cool tool. It's really devastating versus the right armies. Sometimes it's totally useless. And like you said, you go second against someone who can shoot, they're all just dead. Yeah. Because they're not the hard to kill. Um, so you've gone down... You've done three, and now you're going to two and a Dakajet. What is the thought process behind running multiple, and why a Dakajet also? So, I found that a lot of armies have the ability to kill one. A lot fewer armies have the ability to kill two, and very, very, very few armies have the ability to kill three. Um, it's It actually is a big uh, down 
like swing. And a lot of times, if they're doing that, that means they're exposing tanks and stuff. The armies that can kill three, it means it's it's a lot of times like you know ad mech stuff that's all like walking out to shoot at you or guard that's walking out to shoot at you or like blood angels like coming in and just smashing things um like those kind of units they're all then having to walk out and expose themselves to my sag mech and mech guns so i'm kind of like yeah that's worth it because otherwise they'd be walking out and they'd be picking up all my mech guns um so interesting so yeah it's kind of thread overload because you have to kill these tanks which are way less efficient to shoot at than the the mech guns yeah and then and they're minus one because like have to kill them. Yes, that puts you in line of sight, which means you're you're relatively slow smashing guns in one hundred have line of sight to stop. Right. Uh, the the biggest thing and the reason why I'm going to actually attack a jet um, is because they also blow up naturally on a four up. Uh, so I, in my game against John Lennon, I actually, uh, prevented a hold nor because I flew a two wound Dakajet into the corner where he was going to guarantee fly off next round, but I was standing on top of his objective. So on a four up, I was going to blow up and he only had a two wound character and two sisters in a squad on the objective. And they just had to leave the objective because if I blew up, I'd kill them both. So there's a there's a lot of little utility you can get out of even just a really wounded like there's there's zero degradation basically and as i think part of it as well is if you go for killing them and you kill it down to two wounds or one wound it is 100 percent as effective as if it had full wounds yeah that's true that's a great point too there's no degradation um, functionally and if i want to protect them because they blow up naturally on fours if i put both my freebooter ones within nine inches of my kff then if they both blow up they kill my kff so I wanted to take one DACA jet, which only blows up on a six up, so I could put them both together and get the invul. That was a big part of my uh, reasoning for doing that. Huh. So the like the likelihood that my DACA jet also blows up and my like is is, is low enough that it's acceptable. Because um, yeah. I, I kept running the issue where I basically had to have one freebooter jet that was off by itself, and they were like, "Uh, so I'll shoot the one without an invul." Then <laughs> I'm like, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> so uh that's yeah. that's why i switched to switched uh to the daca jet so i mean you, we can tell that you've been you've played your army a fair amount of times even if it's only on tabletop simulator because you're you're definitely making changes to your list based on practical like i played a game this is what happened kind of decisions yeah and that's really cool so it's not just theory um one question i had for you is you're running an orc gun line basically that has um Flash gets to pretty much be all of your anti-infantry. Maybe the burn bombers also can do function as anti-infantry. Smashes and stock attackers, though, not the best at anti-infantry. So what happens if someone comes at you with like an aggressive horde-type army? Uh, you have grot screens, but they can wrap those, and um, so your jump's not reliable. Like I don't know. I'm saying, like, what if someone just runs straight at you? So I don't know. I think I think you might be kind of surprised at the amount of anti-infantry that I put out. Um, like so, I played against uh, I played against an army that had ninety guardsmen, um, and you know with the tanks and stuff, he went to I'm going to kill smasher guns because um, they're going to actually kill my tanks, and he and he got pretty unlucky. I think he only killed three because um, and the, but then I ended up with like five of them that had like one wound left, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, man, <laughs> that was rough. Um, he just didn't have the D three damage go his way with Basilis and whatnot. But those ninety guardsmen then. Um, I killed all but 20 of them, turn one. So there's a surprising amount of anti-infantry between the flash kits and the planes. Um, and that's and that was with Burnabamas. With the DACA jet, it's going to go up even more. Um, because they're, they're, the free Buddha means that they're, you know, half their sh- six shots are hitting on fours then. And then six shots are hitting on threes. And again, six is exploding. And so you end up actually being able to, each of those um, was mostly murdering a squad. And then my flash gets killed three squads. So, you know, I, in, it wasn't, you know, there was like one or two left from a few of the squads, but for the most part, it, it was, you know, six squads got pretty well decimated. Um, and then I bombed two of them with the, with the bombers uh, and then bombed a third one with the strat. And then I blew up. And then I did a bunch of wounded mortals, you know, and then I did more like three more squads, like between all of it, it ended up being like, huh, wow, uh, all everything's dead. Look at that. Like, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's fairly effective at getting rid of infantry between the, the, the planes. They're, they're a lot more devastating than you might think. 
So I'm thinking like they're very effective versus like those lots of small squads because if you get four units near six in Tora and that's twelve mortal wounds, that's twelve other guardsmen. Right. Even if it is from four different squads. If you fight something like a more horny tier army than the one I played you with, or like a, a traditional orc type with gotcha. lots of large thirty man units, you know, that's not something your bombers are that effective against. And they can screen out really well, so you're only really hitting one or two units instead of like all the characters too. Right. Uh no, that's definitely a challenge. Uh, like, I'm not gonna. <laughs> there, there isn't a super easy answer to that. But also, uh, frankly, on tabletop simulator, that army's not super much a thing. Uh, so I'm not quite oh, as yeah, concerned no, about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like no one really wants to sit down and do that. Um, orcs also do have to crunch, which is kind of fun. Um, does a mortal wound to a squad for every um, on a six for every model in the squad. Um, so you can actually, and that's out of line of sight, 18 inches. I do that to Steelers and stuff all the time too, trying to hide. Um, so there, there are some things that you can do that just start picking it off. And again, I still have, uh, you know, a ton of grots that I can put in the way. Um, and then just have flash kits go and beat them up. It certainly was, uh, easier though, when I was running, um, uh, when I, when I, I, I played against Chris Haynes with a very similar army to this. Um, and he ran basically smash guns he like he actually had like 18 and uh 120 boys and the fact that i have grots that i can set up a screen my flash kits will shoot the back squad beat up the front squad set up a new screen shoot the back squad beat up the front squad set up a new screen and then also after you do that for two turns you win um so there's a there's there's a decent amount of little picking Picking out damage, it just adds up. yeah, that, gotcha. that adds up. There isn't, there isn't the one unit that you can definitely point to and be like, this unit just kills everything. Yeah, it's just a, it's, it's death by a thousand cuts, and that kind of goes to my your army has more stuff in it than stuff in it than it should kind of thing. It's yeah. like most armies are designed to be able to mitigate one really powerful unit or or buff up one of their units to some super awesome power level, and. Yours is like, I have 55 units. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, even stupid little grots just picking off an orc here and there, like 30 grots shooting pistols, uh, they kill like six or seven orcs. You, For sure. So like, you know, if the orcs try to trap them and all of a sudden the grots shoot them and then Flash gets charged them and they're like, what the fuck? I just lost a whole unit of like orcs to grots and Flash gets in combat? <laughs> like, when was that? Um, so... Yeah, that stuff, it, it adds up. Um, it's not nearly as good as, say, like Eldar is, where it just has this like little like cadre of characters that somehow tables grots uh, over like six turns of smiting. Uh, like that, it, for me, that's the most like tilting way to lose, which I've done it a couple times. Uh, so it's not. Eldar's is real. Yeah, it's uh, where I'm like, how did you table me? Like with smites? Like what, what was that? And I'm like, I don't know. I just. It's what you do. So I think that um, it's not nearly as good at dealing with them as an army like that is, where I'm relying on like a consistent like pile of mortal wounds. Um, but I, I have tools, and a lot of those good um, those good horde armies are generally uh, you know generally orcs, and I tend to just be a better orc player than the orc player I'm playing against, and just have to rely on skill to get through it. Yeah. No, that's awesome. It does bring me to kind of my last question for this episode before we go into part two where we talk about your matchups. Um, how does your army, like, we, you give up so many kills. Like, you have all these <laughs> units. You're going to give kill more, like, every turn. Butcher's Bill, Reaper, just uh, had big game hunter. I mean, you're not even trying on these things. <laughs> so is, is that a detriment you find in ITC missions? Uh so honestly, with the new ITC missions, this army's gotten so much stronger because uh, it used to give up 12 kill secondaries super easily. Uh, and now it only gives up eight because you can only pick two against me and then you have to get movement. <laughs> so it ends up being that uh, like I, you know, I'll get my kill ones back. You'll get your kills towards me. And then it's a matter of movement and I have grots. <laughs> so uh, they're the ones that, you know, they, they get the recon or whatever and stop the opponent from getting right. recon. Um, right, they just run around being jerks. Exactly, and you know it's it. And again, why I'm like, you know, I might I'm if I change something, it will be to like cut the wagon and like just take a bunch more grots. It's just they're they're so good, um, especially if you give them now they have a five up invul in close combat, which we haven't even touched on. Um, they can just hold up yeah. the board mm -hmm. just in forever. So yeah, I'm actually surprised you haven't 
uh, swap the gun wagon, or even just got rid of the Dakajot altogether. I'm, I'm really trying to do the new vehicle stuff. I basically have 200 points. Um, you know, at the, the, the it's the last part of the list that should be Grotz. And I've just been really trying to run things other than Grotz, but uh, yeah, if, I guess if, you just want to run that stuff, explore it, see how it yeah, works. If, if, I, if I was like, all right, I'm going to fly across the country and go play at LVO tomorrow, it'd be Grotz. Um, but yeah. right now, I'm like, oh, I'll try this jack a wagon thing. Maybe, maybe it'll be good. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's totally fair. Um, and that's the place to do it. Tabletop Simulator is definitely where you want to. Yeah. Um, so for a kill more, I mean, your secondaries are kind of washed. You're going to get by your secondaries, but your army's going to get all the secondaries. So that's fine. But you're going to give up kill more basically every turn. Now, isn't that like a really bad thing? So, yes and no. I mean, I give up kill more, but the thing is with the changes now, right? I'm getting bonus uh, on the back half of the of the game a lot of times if I'm winning the the killing, right? So it ends up being a wash, and then I'll win by a few because you know they'll run out of steam on their sec on their movement secondary, and I'll get my full secondary, and then you know in the back half of the game I'll get the bonuses. It can be a problem. Um, the games that I've um, that I've struggled with the most uh, once against a Necron army that. Um, may have been 300 points over. Uh, it basically was a full Necron army that just had two extra Catans. Uh, and then uh, that just like went first and just straight up tabled me. Um, Necron shooting is phenomenally effective against Orcs. Um, and then against Raven Guard going first, and uh, Raven Guard with a mix of Admech and uh, Guard. And, you know, that same sort of just the when you're talking about the overall strategy of just pushing me in my deployment zone and not letting me score and not letting me you know going down five to two on primary for the first two rounds of the game um three rounds of the game and that is a struggle and that's something my army's not great at yeah that makes sense um so have you given it thought to any other formats probably not since you're not really traveling other formats (laughs) yeah but um do you think it could translate to formats like nova or etc pretty well so my uh, my wife's birthday is the same weekend as Nova, so I have not been able to attend that uh, for the past several years. So I can't really speak to that. Um, but towards like Maelstrom in general, um, as if that you know Maelstrom and, and Endgame, uh, it tends to do pretty well of Endgame um, because my opponent either is like terrified of me going first um, because I do so much damage if I do, so that you know I end up going second even when. Kill wise, um, it's not the best thing for my opponent because they're just like, I just need to start getting on the board. I, I need to start doing damage immediately so I don't get tabled. Right. So then I end up having having bottom of the turn quite a bit um, because I, I can afford yeah. to give them, uh, you know, top of the turn a lot, especially with a building. You, know, you put the flash gets in the bottom, you put the grots, and you're ready to go. Um, so against so with that concern then it means i'll probably end up having bottom of the turn and able to do well on those end game missions um a lot and maelstrom isn't a real way to play so i'm not going to talk about that okay fair <laughs> enough. But, you know, it makes sense it makes sense your army i think would do well at maelstrom too you have so much mobile objects yeah I, mean, I just cover up my part of the board and be like all right well let's see if i roll my side of the you know the table um, yeah, the objectives have one I mean, I'm sure Orcs has probably some silly uh, um, Maelstrom cards, but we were one of the earlier codexes, so I think those ones have generally weaker uh, Maelstrom bonuses. Nothing. I, pl- I played with it at the Iron Hands, and they had one that was literally just like, kill a unit, get a point, up to six points. And it was, <laughs> I was just like, and I just pulled that like round one or two, like three games in a row, and just was up by so much on Maelstrom. And I'm like, this is not okay. <laughs> Uh, so I don't think orcs have anything uh, anything crazy like that. Although maybe, maybe there's some uh, fanatical maelstrom orc player who's going to angrily call in and tell me how wrong I am. In which case, that's exactly what we got. Enough. All of our fans are phenomenal. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, I, I haven't I haven't played it though, so that's just what I think. Um, you know, theory hammer. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, and I will say, speaking it's of hard. that. Um, I feared my initial theory hammer was what you said, especially is just having one burn Obama uh, as a tool. And then as I played it, I was like, this is, uh, this is amazing. I need to put more of them in. Uh, so <laughs> so maybe, I'm really, I'm surprised you didn't get diminishing returns on those, but that's, that's really uh, cool. No, in fact, I actually got increasing returns um, because the difference yeah. between doing six mortal wounds to every unit in an army and three is huge. Um, 
it's basically and it's dead or it's not dead. Exactly. We're talking uh, like five hands. Yeah. Which the other thing which I, I didn't go over, which is kind of funny, is is the gun wagon uh blows up on a four up as well. So I have YOLO'd that into the middle of a wounded group of characters from a thing and had it like just try to touch every good close combat thing it could and blow itself up and kill everything. So there's like some fun stuff you can do that, but just more grots is better. I think your army is just one giant kamikaze. It, it actually is. Uh, yeah, putting putting the planes. Uh, this is maybe a little bit for next episode, but putting the planes in a row so that they all blow up against like melee armies coming at you is still like the silliest but most effective screen I've ever had for an army. Well, let's cover that in the next episode. That's a great segue. So, uh, thank you, Mister Pamps, for coming on. You were a great guest for our podcast. Thank you, podcast people, for listening. Uh, you guys are awesome. I've never done the outro for this podcast before, so hopefully I'm not botching it too bad. Don't forget to become a patron of ours if you aren't already, and um, you get episode two of this podcast. So you get to talk about Pamps' planes doing cartwheels and stuff to block combat armies. I don't know. Uh, we also have, I, I think, 36 or 37 other hours of content um, in the form of other episodes from various experts on every faction in the game, pretty much. Um, so you should definitely become a patron if you're not. Also, go to our website and buy coaching stuff and like us on Facebook and Instagram and Reddit and all that stuff. So anyway, guys, thanks for watching. We love you. For listening. Listening. We love you, and uh, I'll see you soon. Like the strategy discussion you heard? Want to hear more about the tactics of this list? Sign up for our Patreon at AOW40K.com, where we go deep into details of optimal play. This has been Art of War, a strategy and tactics podcast for Warhammer 40K. Hosted by Nick Nanavati and John Damaris. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Find us at AOW40K.com. And of course, connect on Facebook. Just look for AOW40K. 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 Till next time.